We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Lead us in, Greg. You're nailing this right now. It's a live Super Bowl edition of the KC Laboratory. I am here with my dear pals, Kent Swanson, who may or may not be able to talk, and Matt Lane. You're back, buddy. You're back. It's presented by Emprise Big Member FDIC, by the way. Nailed that. Oh, that's perfect. That's the best one yet. Just just absolutely (laughs) nailed the dismount on that one, buddy. Matty, my friend. It's Super Bowl week. Chiefs are getting ready to take the field on Super Bowl Media Day. I mean, we're we're in the thick of it. This is this is it. This is this is where we go right here. I mean, it, it kind of feels old hat at this point, but hey, here we are again. This is how locked in I am. This is how you know this is still a big deal to Chiefs fans. I had no idea that Media Day started the day. I had no idea which team was doing what, when they were doing what. The Chiefs are about to take to the media tent, to facilities, desks, whatever, podiums, whatever. No clue. Absolutely no idea that this was happening. Um, so this is good. This is good. I, I am locked in. I am ready. I have a very important question for you, Matthew. Um, would you consider Sunday a must-win game? Well, I think on Sunday they should try to score more points than their opponent. Um, I think this game sometimes, not always, but sometimes is described as a win or go home. <laughs> Someone asked Nick Sirianni if no. this was a must-win game. No. But, oh, oh. my goodness. I'll tell you what. Super Bowl Media Week is that that week for all of that stuff. Like there will inevitably be a question about something that happened four years ago to like Frank Clark or something like that. Somebody's going to like, like people just aren't up with the times. It, it, it's very random. The types of questions that are going to get asked. So 
you know, it's, it's always a little bit fun to see what comes out. It's one of the so. few media events that happen in which people get credentialed or people from the media space go to an event that they don't actually care about at all. Like, and, I, and it's not a bad thing. It's just it's an event so popular and so big that yeah. people that don't care about football, that don't care about the Chiefs or Eagles, let alone know anything about it, will go to ask fun questions. That will go to ask deep questions of something that they just learned on their flight over there. Like it, that's one of those events, and that's that's where you get these wild questions. And sometimes they're hilarious, I guess. At the in the backs end of it, like you find us, you know, somebody that asked a bunch of players his favorite, you know, XYZ thing or something. It's kind of cool, but a lot of times it just it drags on. I mean, it's Monday, and you guys, and we're out here talking about media day on a Monday. No mock draft, do something productive. We're, we're gonna get triumph the insult comic dog asking Patrick Mahomes something. Wood. I don't even wood, wood? like, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. He's asking him about wood. <laughs> Some people yes. say we have the same voice. Do you agree? Um, stuff like that. Anyway, so here's the plan for this week. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Obviously, you got a bonus laboratory last night. Um, we are going to do the Chief Fence versus the Eagles offense today. We're going to wait and see what happens till the end of the week and do Chiefs offense. And if it's Juju and Kadarius, whoever, we don't know yet. We'll do the Chiefs offense versus the Eagles defense uh, later in the week. So today is going to be focused on how the Chiefs defense can stop the Eagles offense, all the all things Eagles offense. Uh, I, we all have takes. <laughs> These guys don't have takes. I don't know how they're going to manifest, but we'll find out. Um, we're going to switch things up a little bit of how, structurally how we do things, obviously. Um, so we're just going to start off the top with, the the Eagles kind of offensive identity, a little bit about what they are, what they do well, those kind of things. So Maddie, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Uh I think so yeah, we're doing it different and we're just gonna start. You know, what is what are the Eagles offense? What is this thing? Right? Like what is what is this beast that I you know has been very efficient, very productive this year, whether Jalen Hurts has been quarterback is slightly less with Gardner Minshew, but they were still productive. They were still an effective offense. So so what do they do? Um it's it's a loaded question. I uh, really is they run the they run the ball very well and they do it through multiple ways we'll get into the run game here in a little bit they run the ball very well through a multiple ways so they can attack you on the outside they can attack you up the middle in space being physical and then they like to pair deep shots off of that they like to find isolated one-on-ones to their good skill positions and attack those when defenses are selling out to stop this run game that can quite literally take over a game we've seen it take over games for them to where they barely have to throw the ball and then when they do it ends up as devonta smith or aj brown one-on-one with a quarter safety and that's just kind of that is the structure of the offense i wouldn't say it's overly a complex passing game actually i think it's pretty simple it's just the run game is complex but also simple it's just there's a variety to it i guess so we're gonna work our way through it but that's kind of what i saw from this offense when i went through it uh craig i don't know if you saw much differently but that's kind of it's kind of what i thought no it's a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of offense uh that rushing attack is so good that defensive coordinators and i know rushing isn't as effective or you know as efficient as throwing the ball but that rushing game is so effective that it knocks defensive coordinators into single higher, into quarters looks, run defense looks out of their safeties, so much so that they can play off of some of that play action stuff. And it's not just, you know, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, 
Kenneth Gainwell, these guys that all have over 50 rushes on the year. I, I mean, or 50 rushing yards on the year, 50 rushes on the year. I'm so sorry. It's Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts and his ability to break the pocket, get into space. It's not just scrambling. They have a lot of design stuff for him as well. It's very difficult. Puts a lot of stress on linebackers, puts a lot of stress on the defensive ends, makes life tough for defenses to play quickly. It really does. You've got to be so gap sound up front that anything that you do incorrectly will be punished in the run game. Now you start adding guys to the box. You start playing single high safeties. You start having those safeties run the alleyway when you're playing quarters. Now all of a sudden you're leaving your cornerbacks a little bit unprotected and Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown are so dangerous and so is Dallas Goddard. So dangerous that they can really do some damage in ways. And so you see a lot of looks out of them. It's not just you know singular stuff. There's a lot of 11 personnel, you know, with you know, traditional three by one sets. There's a lot of two tight ends, 12 personnel stuff with YY looks, and they get those guys out in the route very quickly. You also have a lot of times that they're going to lean on empty a lot. They run a lot of empty looks. So from a defensive perspective, when you match up against a team that can base out a heavy can base out of light personnel and loves to go empty and they can do a little bit of everything out of each one of those things they run the ball effectively out of every one of them they can throw the ball effectively out of every one of them it's really really difficult to defend absolutely and like the only the other little piece to this which speaks to everything else that they do i think you guys did a wonderful job highlighting a lot of the strengths and a lot of the things that this eagles offense can do but they can also beat you with easy completions in their rpo game Sometimes they'll just play numbers out on in on the edge and throw a little bubble route to a Devontae Smith with AJ Brown blocking, or uh, you know try to get the ball to AJ Brown, just an absolute physical freak of nature, it with with easy completions and manufactured touches. So um, it's just it's a it's a it's a defense that stretches you horizontally first, I think, with a lot of the run game, with a lot of versatility in the run game. And then shows and has shown that they have the ability to beat you vertically uh, when they're on. When when they're at their best, Jalen Hurts is hitting deep shots to the AJ Browns, to the to the Devontae Smiths of the world. So it's a it's a bear of an offense when it's at its full strength. When it's just when it's humming, it's it's an absolute problem. Um, okay, so I guess like I, what what do you think their bread and butter is though? Because we've said they're they're the, they're they're the you know they've got a diverse menu. They got everything to pull from. But it, like, what's the one thing, Maddie? Maddie, in your opinion, that that just that just they absolutely thrive with that they're absolute best at. When the Eagles are at their best, they're they're running the ball well, and it's not just with their running backs. It's not just with Jalen Hurts. It's not one specific thing, but it's a little bit of everybody. And this is something that hasn't been quite as prevalent since Jalen Hurts has returned from injury. He has not been as threatening of a rusher. The 49ers actually in the championship game had a lot of success, not even really holding contain on a lot of the read option looks with the defensive end, but just having them show there before squeezing down and then just daring Jalen Hurts to pull the ball and then go out, athlete them on the edges. And he only really pulled off a successful play once when he did keep it doing that. So I, I don't know if there is more to his injuries. I thought it was a shoulder injury, but there is something that appears to be affecting his uh, efficiency as a runner right now. So that that is a hard part that they're going to have to overcome. But So they're at their best when, when Jalen Hurts is running the ball well. 
when there is actually a real threat to pull the ball on the option or hand it off. And then I think for the most part, the Eagles are best when they're getting into their zone rushing game. So once inside zone, versions of inside zone, they'll sprinkle in some outside zone, start working. They do a lot of really cool stuff with uh, Jason Kelsey, where they will get him on the move. Instead of just having him traditionally block like inside zone, they'll pin and fold. So he'll pull around the guard who down blocks a nose tackle. And then he gets up to the second level on that play side linebacker instantly and it's just you change the angle you get up there quick so the run's hitting a little farther outside but what happens because of his athleticism they're allowed to run away from the backside help they're allowed to run away from any of the pursuit running inside zone like this whereas traditionally that runner would maybe be forced to the backside linebacker occasionally it's like doing cool stuff like that where they're getting the ball they're running zone concepts Hertz is threatening to pull it And then that builds into their RPO game. Like it's all connected because that goes into the RPO game. And Hertz isn't the most accurate passer. I think we're probably about to touch on that. His ball placement's all over the place. He's not going to just drop back and dice you up. But once that RPO game, that rhythm passes start to work, now they go into hard play action. They hit these deep shots. They start pre-snap motion and they get guys isolated one-on-one. But it all starts through that run game. And I don't know without Hertz as a threat as a runner. If he's not going to be better than three yards per carry Jalen Hurts that he's been lately, I don't know how they get to their best again. He's got to be better than that as a runner to get back to what is the best version of their offense because they need that threat. They need that extra horizontal stretch to remove somebody else from the run fit because if not, teams can stay in too high a little bit more or when they roll down, you don't have to account from him with an extra underneath defender when he's threatening to pull it. Like There's a lot that goes into it, so I think that's where it starts. He has to be a better runner to set them up to be the best version of themselves. And even if he can't be a good runner, that offensive line is good enough paving the way for these running backs that they can still lean on it. I mean, like this is a group that they they can do a little bit of it, everything. Matt, Matty referenced that, that, that fold inside zone. They get Lane Johnson running that. They get Jordan Maliata running that. There, there's not like a single guy that you as a defense can look at. You know, Nick Bolton's not going to be sitting there saying, hey, we got a tendency on this guy. We know that they're going to pull this guy in this run. They are such a disciplined group and a lot of that comes from Stoutland their their run game coordinator their offensive line coach he has orchestrated this thing so well and they do so many things that fit well with what this group does Jason Kelsey is a smaller guy but very powerful you see him turning nose tackles all the time you watch those two Giants games and he's manned up against Dexter Lawrence one-on-one his task is to shed him out of the block wall him off Dexter Lawrence is probably a top six or seven interior defensive lineman maybe higher I might be I might not be quite as high as he probably is right now and he's turning him and moving him out of the gap easily to pave the way that's their smallest dude then they got Landon Dickerson they got Simalu they've got Maliata they got Lane Johnson they got these guys on the move that can still play with power and so they can do so many things with that yes they do lean on the zone concepts a lot but they're more exotic zone concepts it's not your traditional we're gonna line up combo block climb like you know some real traditional inside zone looks there's guys that are on the move all over the place so They really force you to be disciplined with your eyes at the second level. And even if you are in the running a traditional run game, again, not including Jalen Hurts in this thing that I'm talking about here, they can still punish you by getting through into spaces and just by being bigger, stronger, and more able to get to those gaps before your defense can because they run such 
an exotic zone scheme. I, I think that they can line up and play that without Jalen Hurts. Yes, I realize they are so much more dynamic with Jalen Hurts back there, able to run the ball, able to keep some of that read option stuff. But I still think that they can line up and pound the rock against any team, not just the Chiefs, but against any team because they are going to just, they're going to unload the clip. We're going to see a little bit of everything from them. And so it's going to be very difficult for the second level to man up and be able to know what they need to do at every single play. Oh, I expect them to be very much in their bag. Like, I obviously, like, this is this is an unload. The, I mean, you unload the clip to the end of the year. You're at the finish line. You go throw everything you haven't thrown at. And they, is, is this a must-win game, Kent? Would you would you call this a must-win game? Then I would classify this as a must-win game. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. And you know, I, look, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think um, this group, they're. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought again. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I'm ready to talk about this or not. There's something. <laughs> no, I'm you're ready. not. You got to save that for another segment or two. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. I, think, I mean, yeah. I think I I agree with you, Jay. I agree with you that I think that they can run a diverse run offense without Jalen Hurts services. Let's just leave it at that. I do agree. I don't think they need him his activity in the in the run game at a high clip to necessarily blow the doors off. You know, I, I think they have enough that, that they still present some problems. Um, but Jalen Hurts at full capacity is a very big piece that where if Jalen Hurts didn't have a shoulder injury, I think they'd run him into the ground this week. Yeah, I think need is a is a, definitely a strong word just in terms of them being the best version of their offense. I think there has to be a th- a real threat and I don't think teams are scared of the Jalen Hurts pull and run right now or at least the 49ers weren't the Giants seemed to respect it a little bit more, but I think as that game went on I mean they were getting the break speed off of them, but they weren't exactly doing it. So it's just I don't think it's a need but if they want to be the best version of their offense, like he's got to be more effective than he's been. I'll, I'll we'll talk about it. I'm, I'm trying to pick my spots here. We're only 18 minutes into the show. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody watching right now. Um, <laughs> where they struggle. It's not like this is a perfect juggernaut. They are, you know, there's the fun stat that Chiefs are the number one offensive uh, DVOA offense in football. Uh, or is it uh, the or is it EPA? The Eagles are number two, but the difference between the Chiefs and the Eagles is the same as the difference between number two and number seventeen. So they're they're a good offense. They're just not the Chiefs' offense. They have their struggles. Biggest struggle for you, Matthew. You're muted. Before before Your after, now that I'm not- done. Now that I'm done being muted and struggling, before we talk about the Eagles' struggles, should we hear from our great pals over at DraftKings? Probably. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. I have been loving these Super Bowl 57 prop bets. I've got a lot of them. Go check out the Octopus bet. I've got some money on that one. Go put some down on that. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. 
new customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. I'm not sure I should have carried us into this because, I mean, Matthew's the one that remembered to do it. Uh, so <laughs> I, maybe Matthew, maybe Craig, you and I, we'll just leave. We'll let Maddie, we'll let Maddie take it from here. Would watch. Craig's been, I, on, I, Craig's been on his, Craig's been on his A game. I don't know why you're coming at Craig. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Where Where does this offense struggle? Because it's not like they're perfect. Want to start? I feel like you want to start. No, I just go. go. No, you need to start this, buddy. Get. Is this where? Is this where I do it? Is this where I do it? I think so. You're teasing it a lot right now. I think you got to okay. do it. I don't think Jalen Hurts has been good since since the injury. I think he's been actively bad, and I think if he plays like he did in the NFC Championship game. The Chiefs are going to win by two scores. I think he was awful against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to give him a ton of credit because I genuinely like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a very good football player. I think he's had an outstanding season. I think he's made terrific strides as a player. But he does not look the same since he came back from injury. And he better thank God that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are bailing him out on some of the most horrific throws that I've seen. Wide open throws, easy completions. He is making look incredibly difficult for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith to the point where I don't think it's a sustainable offense. I don't think that version of Jalen Hurts, the passer, is remotely good enough to win this football game. So you better hope, if you're an Eagles fan, that the, the shoulder's better because the ball placement has always been a little bit shoddy. He's had a lot of success downfield this year relative to prior years, which has been a big boon for his game. But if they're not going to run him at the same clip and he's not able to throw with the same kind of success that he has, I think that's real problematic for the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's some fun stats from the Casey Laboratory uh, Analytics Department. Very in-depth. Um, Jalen Hurts is averaging six point yards per pass attempt since coming back from the injury. And he's averaging I need more hopes on this. He's averaging 2.96 yards per carry. I no, I, that's that's all you're getting out of me, Matthew. But I just it's like he's a it's different. A, it's like a rant. It's like Rant Swanson, but like you left the energy out of it, and I don't know how I feel about it. I don't have like Jalen. That's because I like Jalen. That's Jaylen. exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. He's not running his mouth like Joey Burrow, 
who, uh, you know, is an inferior Fair. quarterback to Patrick Mahomes in every single way. Fair. Okay. I generally agree Rodgers. with what Kent was saying. I uh, I texted him earlier and I was like, oh, wow, Jalen Hurts uh, doesn't look so great throwing the ball. And he goes, what, you're watching the NFC Championship game? This is the first <laughs> thing he sent me with no context. And I was like, yeah, uh, he is spraying the ball all over the place. Every catch is very difficult unless it's a five-yard you know, timing route where the ball is out immediately. He doesn't look super comfortable right now. He is he is spraying the field every time he has to drop back and throw anything that is not perfectly on a short set kind of rhythm pass. Uh, other fun stuff. You want to add an extra stat to it. Over the Love past you. three games, he is four of 17 on passes traveling over 10 yards. Wow. Yes, it's really five of 17, but we're not going to count the Devonta Smith incompletion that wasn't challenged. But still, four of 17. That's bad. That's not good. When he has to drop back and throw the ball downfield, this offense struggles since returning from injury. I would say even before that, that wasn't their bread and butter, but they got by with it for some teams that gave them what they wanted, that let them get A.J. Brown matched up one-on-one with certain corners, that let Devontae Smith get free releases and just become a great route runner over the middle of the field. But when they played better defenses, and especially post-injury here, they have really, really struggled to just have a consistent passing attack. Everything builds off the running game, in which you can't remove it. The running game is going to be there. It's going to be part of it. That's that's absolutely there. We're going to talk about how the Chiefs can attempt to stop the running game if they can. But we're talking about when the Eagles offense struggles. It's when Hurts has to throw the ball accurately. It's when Hurts has to get from read one to read two, and then what he does. Because as soon as he gets out read two, he wants to move. It doesn't matter if he's getting hit or not. He wants to move. The amount of times he throws fadeaway passes into tight coverage because he doesn't want to get hit right now, it's it's bad. There has definitely been not the best QB performance coming from the Eagles as of late, and I think it's most notable when it's just a pure drop-back passing situation right now. So if you're the Chiefs, you want to make the Eagles be the worst, stop them on first down. Eagles don't care. They'll still run on second down. Stop them on second down. And then once you get into that third and long, that third and pa- that third and passing down, boy, that ball, who knows where it's going, especially if you make him push the ball over 10 yards. Like it's really bad right now pushing the ball over 10 yards. He wants to throw the ball towards the middle of the field right now. Like he's actually the decent at that with the touch throws because when he's lobbing stuff down the sidelines right now, he's missing everybody. He is just missing everybody. And it's just, you know, it. I felt a lot better after watching the Eagles last few offensive games, seeing how difficult it was for him to throw the ball accurately. And welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bring it I'm gonna bring it back here because I went and, no. walked and I watched plenty of stuff right before he got hurt. And man, he was really good. Like he was he was really, really yes. good. And that injury happened in week 15. Like it is yeah. hard to have an offensive identity all year long that relies on hallmarks and foundations and then having that shaken by an injury it really is difficult we as Chiefs fans know that Patrick Mahomes can't move in the pocket as much can't put his whole base into the throw it becomes difficult to run some of the things that you want to run that's what's happening with the Eagles right now and that's why they're leaning on the run game a little bit more to Maddie's point some of the ways that he's navigating pressure he's just chucking it away he's bailing quickly something there's a lot of times where because again this Eagles offensive line is really 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 good and they're good at picking up blitzes but you really got to throw a little bit extra at him you know have like a cat blitz or something like that something overloaded where you're forcing Jalen Hurts to take care of the blitzer early on in the year he was he just boot right out of it 
work his way into the flat, find an open man, and he was destroying people with that. Right now, he's not. Like he he's bailing away from it the moment that he's seeing the blitz coming, like even before it's getting in his lap, he is bailing out of the pocket, trying to get out in the flat, trying to make something happen. And his accuracy out there has not been the same because he just can't put his shoulder in. It, it, it's clearly bothering him right now. And so, yes, you want to see them struggle a little bit, put him in a passing script. Chiefs get up big and, can take the run game a little bit out of this. They're not going to take it fully out of it because that's the Eagles offense, but take the run game partially out of this. I think that that bodes really well for the chiefs. Yes. It's AJ Brown. Yes. It's Devonta Smith. Yes. It's Dallas Scott. Those guys are awesome. But right now asking Jalen hurts to line up, evaluate the field, deal with pressure and try and deliver an accurate on time throw has not been what it was earlier on in the season. And there's some unknowns here because, you know, what does two weeks do for that shoulder? Who knows? What, does it help him, you know, be able to throw the ball downfield a little bit more consistently? And if they don't feel like he can throw da- the ball downfield as consistently um, ha- as he was before the injury, how do they mitigate that? What are they going to do? What are their counter punches going to be to we can't get the ball down the field? We can't push the ball down the field aggressively. It's not working. We're missing, you know, two kids. What are what are the what are the fastball or what are the what are the changes they're 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 given to that look right, and you know I, I think there's plenty that they they still have in their bag. I you know like Maddie we when we were talking I think we yeah it was when we were talking about you know the props and we talked about AJ Brown and and his completion or how many catches he gets right. Who's to say that they don't try to just manufacture some more opportunities out on the edge, easy completions behind the line of scrimmage to try to just help mitigate that a little bit. Like that's where I think it's, it's, you know, the more you think about that, Matthew, I think that's where it makes a lot of sense is like, just get the ball into the hands of these guys a little bit. Um, you could, I think you could even see some of the game management stuff with Jalen Hurts change a little bit too. We talk about first, second down and and third down defense is going to be so important. I, I think it's more important because you don't want to get those things into fourth and manageable. So is Jalen Hurts more content instead of throwing the ball down the field to get half on third down because they know that they're willing to be a little bit more aggressive on fourth down? These are some things that I think you can kind of look at and say maybe Jalen Hurts adjusts his game plan a little bit just to kind of or, or they adjust the game plan for Jalen Hurts a little bit just to try to be more mindful of some of the things and how they're going to approach the rest of this game. Because I think they could. These are the unknowns. These are the things you have to be a little bit prepared for at least because they could throw these things or could approach this game differently depending on what they feel. And they're the only ones that know about Jalen Hurts' situation. The same way we, the Chiefs are the only people that know about Mahomes and Kadarius and Juju, like all those guys. No, That's true. And it's two weeks off. And like I've kind of said, this whole process, you're giving two of the best coaching staffs in the NFL two weeks to prepare and devise some kind of game plan to prepare them for this game. So it can be entirely different than anything else we've seen, right? There's no guarantee. It's going to be the same game plan all from any side of the ball in this game. So maybe Jalen hurts is feeling a little bit better. Maybe he knows it's the end of the line. He can just start on torquing some stuff and maybe he can actually push the ball. I'll still contend. I don't think he's the most accurate passer in general as is. I don't think he is the guy that's going to drive the football 20 yards downfield and really threaten some of the holes that the Chiefs secondary has shown throughout the years. Like it's not a lot, but like sometimes they're there. It does require a certain level of arm talent to get there to put some of these passes where they have to. The Chiefs want to play a lot of their cover two zone. 
it's, that's a tight throw sometimes, especially when you have somebody like Trent McDuffie who's really good at that spacing if he's the one on the outside, or Legereus Sneed and Jalen Watson's athleticism there on the outside. That's a tight window to hit that throw. Is Hurts the guy that is going to consistently pick it apart? I don't know even when he's healthy if he's that guy. So I do think that is what the Chiefs have to aim. You make Jalen Hurts beat you. You make Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm. That's where the Eagles are going to struggle the most. I, I don't mean that. And I don't mean that to put the Eagles offense down. I don't mean that as a Jalen Hurts isn't the runner up for the MVP, that he wasn't the second best, the second most important player, quarterback, whatever in the NFL this year. It's just, we're talking about how you beat them. You make Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm right now. Cause I don't, I don't think the most recent track record says that he's going to do that. I think when you look at the way that this offense is constructed, Maddie, you reference the fact that it's it's not especially exotic. There's not a ton of stuff out there. Yes, it is in the run game, but in the passing offense, it's not. Every time they go empty, the Eagles are running some kind of pick route. And it's usually with Zach Pascal. It's usually trying to trying to get guys into space, get Devonta Smith or A.J. Brown with a nice, clean look. And a lot of times they'll line those two guys up on the same side, you'll have A.J. Brown run a slant, Devonta Smith run a corner route over the top of him, and they'll try and pick the receiver, try and pick one of, or pick the cornerback, try and get one of those guys there. Makes it easier on Jalen Hurts to hit that guy. It's, it, you watch Eagles games, you see guys running wide open in the secondary. You're like, man, how the hell did A.J. Brown get that open? That's how. They're really good at orchestrating a lot of these, and they lean on that a lot. And the, these receivers are really good at not making it obvious. I get like, it's very clearly a pick, but they're running a hitch and they'll stand there and they'll turn around. They'll kind of stick their ass out into the corner back and they'll just make it difficult. They're not, they're not going to see, we've seen Travis Kelsey sometimes get a little aggressive on some of these and actually physically grab like a corner or something like that. As they go by, they're really well coached on a lot of those. So you're going to see a lot of stuff for Jalen Hurts that is open. He's throwing to a lot of open receivers and guys that are running free and clear in the middle of the field, on the sideline. You know, It's not just going to be bubbles and things like that. So even if you are making him a thrower, the passing scheme is good enough to where he's going to be able to throw to some open guys on occasion. However, it is a little bit predictable. They do get into some of the same core concepts. You do see a lot of the same route distributions. Surely a guy like Steve Spagnolo, who is a master game planner with an extra week to look at that, can try and rectify some of that. And if that's the case, Jalen Hurts isn't, isn't going to just throw the ball, chuck it up there and say, hey, A.J. Brown, go get it. This isn't Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins and just saying, hey, go get it. He'll eat the ball. Like he won't, he won't put it in harm's way there. So Good coverage can also, on top of this, just completely eliminate what Jalen Hurts could do there. And as we mentioned already, he's a little bit skittish with that shoulder, doesn't want to take hits. You got a guy that's being heated up by the blitz and a guy that's struggling with some tight coverage. He is going to eat a lot of plays that maybe you would see another quarterback throw away. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hey, thanks everybody watching right now. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. We have so much coverage coming at you this week for the rest of Super Bowl week. So make sure you're checking that out. All right. So any specific matchups that you're paying attention to in this game, Matthew? 
Yeah, the Chiefs linebackers versus hmm. the interior offensive Everything. line. It's very no, very specifically Jason Kelsey. I I think yeah. it's actually very specific. Like I can I, I this wasn't this matchups thing that I pitched you guys wasn't just about player to player, but Jason Kelsey getting to the second level, whether straight climbing or doing some of this fold blocking, pull, you know, pulling around the guard or even pulling around the outside versus the Chiefs linebackers because he's an elite athlete. He gets up on linebackers faster than any offensive lineman I have ever seen play the game of football. He is instantly on top of linebackers. So you kind of have, I don't think you can sit back and wait for him. I don't think the chiefs linebackers, I don't think the chiefs run defense is dominant enough on the defensive line to sit there and just eat up everybody else to win everything else four on four and let Kelsey get up there to that play side backer. I think that's actually going to spell disaster for them. I think that's going to be terrible. I said last week, that I don't think they can play the same way they did against the Bengals where the backers are just crashing downhill on everything and take advantage of the Eagles making mistakes in communication. I'm wrong. They should. That's exactly what they should do. <laughs> it's not the same reason though. You're not going to get, you know, Lane Johnson to forget to block a defensive end. You're not going to get Maliata to just let Frank Clark stand there completely free and clear in the gap to make the tackle. But what you can do is you can catch a Jason Kelsey who is strong. He can dominate any block, but you catch him before he gets on top of you five yards downfield and creates that alley. You catch somebody before they're climbing up there. You insert extra bodies into the line of scrimmage, not five yards behind it, because they are going to get up there. They are going to out-leverage you if you let them get into their bag. I think the Chiefs linebackers should probably be just as aggressive as they were last week. They should be just as aggressive as they were against the Bengals. Different like different path to success, but that's what they should do. And then I guess like the extra addition to that, I think the safeties are going to play such a big role in fitting these runs, and I don't want them to do it from the box. I yep. want them to do it from deep. I want you to run the alley post-snap. I want you to rotate down post-snap, change the look, of those climbing offensive linemen insert late. Cause if you're already in the box, they're going to find the right way to account for you. They're really smart. They will account for you with an RPO look with Kelsey getting to you with a stock block from a receiver. You roll down late though. And all of a sudden put yourself at seven, eight yards right before the snap or as the snap is happening, that gets a lot harder. So I think that's kind of, that's the first matchup I got my eyes on is just how you stop Jason Kelsey from dominating your linebackers. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just big Justin Reed game in that regard. Mine, is how the Eagles running backs are going to pick up these free rushers. Steve Spagnolo is really good at getting guys like Willie Gay, Justin Reed, Legarius Sneed, lots of free looks as blitzers. He he does a good job of messing with protections. And this kind of leans on Jason Kelsey as well, because Kelsey has been trusted throughout all this time to call these protections, to handle all of that stuff. Jalen Hurts has some blitz pickup protections and things like that, but they have admitted like Jason Kelsey does a lot of the work on that. And it makes sense. He's been in the league forever. He's seen everything, but it is also one of those situations where if you've got a guy creeping off of the edge, that's where the quarterback's got to step in. He's got to shift the protections. He's got to change it. He's got to call that stuff. And so getting those running backs to kick out and pick up, Willie Gay Jr. pick up Legarius Sneed is going to be incredibly important here. I've been talking this entire podcast about how the blitz is really giving Jalen Hurts problems right now because he doesn't want to take those hits at the moment with his current shoulder the way that it is. It could be different in the Super Bowl, two weeks off, we'll see. But right, the last lasting images that we have of Jalen Hurts, he does not want to be blitzed right now. 
Steve Spagnolo has some of the most exotic blitz packages in the NFL. He's going to bring free rushers. It's just going to happen. This Eagles offensive line is really good, can pick a lot of stuff up. It's going to happen. So it's got to be, can that running back pick him up? Can they get a guy to protect Jalen Hurts a little bit more? Or are they going to do what they've largely done on offense this year and get that running back out in the route quickly? Because if that's the case, then Jalen Hurts is going to take a lot of hits. He's going to take a lot of instances where he's going to end up on the ground. And with them trying to get the ball out quickly, those hits will add up very, very rapidly. So I'm looking to see, are they going to leave that running back in? Are they going to try and keep that personal protector in there for Jalen Hurts? Try and pick up these Chiefs blitzers that we know that Steve Spagnuolo is going to get free on them. Last week, you know, we heard one of the biggest points of emphasis for the secondary was winning at the catch point, playing at the catch point, playing through the hands, playing the ball. And we just spent all this time talking about the inconsistencies down the field of Jalen Hurts. I still think that that's a crucial piece of this game, regardless of if Jalen Hurts is particularly accurate down the field, regardless of of anything, really, because I think there's a few things that are really important. The Chiefs can't get into DPI penalties when they do try to take their shots down the field. You can't give a quarterback that's struggling to throw down the field freebies like that. We saw what happened for the 49ers last week where, you know, some, some, some good luck got them. It's not, it's not, it's not, you know, apples, apples, good luck got them into the red zone and they finished. You, you have to force this team to drive the length of the field and you got to reduce explosive plays through the air for sure. And so I think winning at the catch point, winning at the catch point cleanly is crucial for this game, regardless of how Jalen hurts is performing, because all it takes is one really bad throw to to give them a 40 yard penalty it's on these young corners to win you know i think it's these young corners matching up against very good football players out on the edge of the receiver position so that's a big matchup i'm watching specifically some of these downfield shots because i think that's about the extent of the explosives they're going to be able to generate and if they can't do that good things are going to happen for this football team maddie you said you had one more matchup before we get out of here yeah, and it's related to what you just said. So this is perfect. It's just, it's defending a post route. Like, I think mm. we're talking a little bit about how Jalen Hurts has struggled with his accuracy, you know, since the injury and stepping into throws, especially versus pressure. So you want him throwing fades. You want him attempting to throw go balls down the sideline because A.J. Brown's a super strong guy. Devontae Smith's one of the most technically gifted receivers I've ever seen, right? But I think your margin for error on the sideline, because the sideline is a, a defender you can't beat, it doesn't move. It's always going to be there. You're reducing the area that Hurts has to throw the ball. What's a lot easier is when you get one of these guys, specifically it's been Devonta Smith as of late, but early in the year it was A.J. Brown on post routes. When they clear out the safeties, they run a lot of a lot of Mills-type concepts or they'll run some like Kyle Shanahan burner concepts where they're going to drag a backside safety or a safety away from a receiver off, and then they'll get their receiver running a post route matched up on the same side safety by himself. What happens is either the safety gets beat over the top and there's just infinite space to throw the ball, or you flatten that post route out. It kind of becomes almost a deep dig and Hertz can 
doesn't have to drive the ball super hard, but he can put the ball over the middle of the field with plenty of space to run. They're really good at creating that matchup on usually the backside of a play. So you have to be ready to defend that, whether that is playing man coverage and trusting a Sneed, a Watson, a McDuffie, whoever, to run with that post route and then just forcing Hurts to throw what you hope is a tight window throw or having the correct kind of rotations in. Maybe it's more Tampa 2 stuff. I don't actually hate Tampa 2 type drops from a Mike linebacker or somebody against Jalen Hurts. I think it's Fred Warner, so take it with a grain of salt, but the 49ers took away a lot of his first read. And then when we talked about it, you take away that first read, he's a little skittish right now. He doesn't want to sit in the pocket. So I don't hate some Tampa 2, not even doesn't have to be covered too. You can just drop somebody deep down the middle of the yeah. field and play man coverage or something. I asked Steve Spagnuolo how many times he has Bolton dropping 20 yards and not playing cover too, right? So... <laughs> I just finding a way to defend that backside deep post very specifically that they turn into a dig or more of a seam route based on the leverage. They're very good at hitting that find a way to defend it. I think that'll go a long way to shutting down their explosive passing game. I have one more matchup to watch. It's a little sure. bit of a Maddie answer and then we'll get into players to watch real quick before we get out of here. But and not teasing this for the sub stack. You guys have talked a lot. I heard you. I heard Craig mention it. This game needs to turn into Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. And if the Chiefs can get that to happen, I think good things are going to happen. I think if the Chiefs can find a way to 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 take that run game, limit it, and turn this into a drop back game versus these two, that's a big formula for success where the game doesn't have to be close. It doesn't have to be close. I think that's I think that's the the path to success for this team. Players to watch, Matthew, you go first. Ooh, don't like going first. Uh, it's ah, it's easy. Answer. You always go first. Obvious. Not it. Not no, players to watch. Never at this. Oh, that's right. It's always this Craig, isn't even, it? This isn't even yeah. a bit. This is actively not going first. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's one answer. Come on, it's it's the playoff legend himself, Frank the Shark Clark, playing defensive end, going for number two all time and the sack record. Uh, I, I'm saying it in jest because I think he always shows up big in the playoffs, and I think he will in the Super Bowl too. That Watching him, that little like NFL Films clip of him and Andy Reid after the game was amazing. Um, but I think the defensive ends play a huge role here. Watching how the 49ers and then the Giants played the Eagles so differently, and I think that led to some of that success or lack of success early in the game for the Eagles. The 49ers defensive ends at first were getting super far upfield, exploding upfield, doing their Demeco Ryan's defensive end thing as they stopped and played a little bit more reactionary and just tried to own that contain gap, just tried to hold their gap before getting into the rush and then playing a power rush behind it, they started having a lot more success shutting down the Eagles run game for a while. I mean, until the game became useless with no quarterback, they were doing a good job of slowing down the running game, making Hurts feel uncomfortable. And I think so much of it was holding that edge, holding that contain. Like I said, make... Make Jalen Hurts beat Frank Clark or Carlos Dunlap pulling the ball. Make him try to escape outside on a defensive end that is holding his ground, keeping his spot. Because I think I think that's going to be a key. So the defensive ends for the Chiefs are going to be a huge part of this game. Frank Clark's the leader, the guy there, especially in the playoffs. And hey, the good news, Steve Spagnuolo's defenses throughout his entire career have been bent, built through the defensive end. So that's good. Yeah, especially smart ones that can read the read option really quickly and do something about it. Both those guys are good at it. I mean, I, I got to go with the lowest hanging fruit possible. Chris Jones, Do it. baby. I we haven't mean, talked about him yet. The man got the album. Talking about Indianapolis like that. Unbelievable. Off of him. Like he, he did. He he got rid of the goose egg. Now, it, now it's going to come. Now it, it's just going to, it's going to happen. And so I expect Chris Jones in a Super Bowl, as he has done all year long, but especially 
in the two games in the playoffs. He was the best player on the field for either team in that Cincinnati Bengals game, and he might have been in that Jacksonville game as well. He has been the Chiefs' postseason MVP on a team that has Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey out there. He has been unstoppable. This is the best test that he is going to see in this postseason. This is a very good interior offensive line. They are going to do everything in their power with Jalen Hurts to move the pocket, shift it away from Chris Jones. They're going to try like hell to take Chris Jones away. He is going to get all the focus in the world. He's probably going to get six total one-on-one matchups. What he does in those six one-on-one matchups may very well dictate how this game goes. If he has five quick wins in six one-on-one matchups, it's over. This team will cause so much havoc in the backfield for the Eagles. So Chris Jones can single-handedly ruin this in a small number of attempts just as he has all postseason long and just as I believe he will in the Super Bowl. All right, so my player to watch is Nick Bolton. Um, I think for a variety of reasons. I think he's a guy that will be put in conflict plenty. I think that I think the Eagles will try to put him conflict uh, run and pass uh, when it comes to just everything. Like he's got a big task ahead of him. He's got a lot on his plate trying to read things that Craig, what were you going to say? I can see it on your face. Uh, no, they, they do it with every linebacker. It, yeah. <laughs> they do it with Fred Warner. They do it with Fred Warner. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be a big challenge for him. Um, it's, it's no easy task. And so I think defensively i think he plays a huge role in you know how he's able to nav- navigate that how the i mean how, how spags helps him out a little bit because there's some things that you know you probably don't want him doing that he might get put in a situation he might have to try to do try to take something away he doesn't want to so how does these spagnolo support him how does he spagnolo help him but uh, i think bolt's got to have a big game um and if he does this it's over i genuinely believe that that's going to do it for the defensive preview of the Super Bowl Chiefs defense versus Eagles offense. We will be back on Thursday to talk Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense. Predict this game. I wonder where we're going to go with this one. But we appreciate everybody hanging out. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. So much stuff going on at KCSN all week. We'll be here uh, breaking it all down. Thanks, y'all, so much. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.